This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the sixth anniversary. You know, there's some birthdays you celebrate a lot bigger than other birthdays, right? And so we're going to celebrate. We got some good stuff for you when you leave today, but uh, man, it's just just looking back at what God has done in the last six years, and six years ago when we took a step of faith and we did something that it took me, it took me about a year to talk my staff into it and convince them that it was the right track, and then, and then convince other people and sitting down with people and convincing them, hey, this is the right direction to go, and, and we went to two services and you know we we didn't even have have enough people to fill up half of one service and what god has done from that time has just been man we're just we're just thrilled and the best is yet to come i mean god's got he's got greater things so excited about it and uh and so this message is going to kind of tie into that and so we're in a series that we're calling you asked for it and one of the, the top questions, and it's the top question every year, and I believe it's a, it's a question that people ask in many different ways, and it's this, how can I know God's will for my life? How can I know? And, and that, that question is stated different ways at different times. You know, what's my purpose? Why was I born? And, but everybody wants to know that, and I believe that's probably the, one of the most important questions that we could ask and one of the most important questions that we should be able to answer. Someone said this one time, they said the, the two most important days of your life was the day that you were born and then the day that you find out why you were born. And how many of you know that that's, you know, I don't know if that's the complete truth or not, but how many of you know that's pretty important, the day that you were born or else you wouldn't be here, and then the day that you find out why you were born because, you know, and, and, and really that's kind of predicated on this, that you believe that God, the creator, the great designer, the great architect of, of this earth, of this world, of this universe and your life has a very particular and significant plan for your life. You're not just here, but you're here for a purpose and your purpose is not just about you. It's about what God has intended for you. And so, uh, man, and, and if you can just believe that, if you could walk away today and just believe the fact that God has a plan for my life, he has a particular will for my life, and if you can just believe it, because a lot of people don't believe it, they believe that they're, they, they believe that they're trash that's, that should be thrown out, they believe that there's, there's absolutely no significance about their life, that their life doesn't amount to anything, they'll never amount to anything, they'll never make a, a significant contribution to this earth, and so they just wander through life. And, and the sad thing is, many people live and they die, and never do what they were created to do. They, they, and, and because of that, they never really... Uh, they, they, they never were really able to just embrace a significance about themselves, and so they lived a very unsatisfying, unjoyful life. But how many of you believe that God has a plan for your life, He has a will for your life, He has something for you, and He's not hiding it from us, He's, he's more than willing to show us what it is. And so today we're going to find out how I can know God's will for my life. 
How I can know, how many of you are you interested? How many of you want to be more convinced of what God's will for your life is? How many of you say, yeah, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for, to just experience a little bit more uh, sense of purpose, a little bit more sense of significance and contribution, and that I'm really doing something with this one life that God's given me to live. You know, there's no do-overs. There's no mulligans. You, you, I mean, we, gotta, we, we, gotta, we get it right now, right? We, we get on the course and we do it now. So let me pray for you and we're going to get into the word. I see this sign over here and I keep thinking somebody's standing there out of my peripheral vision. I said, who's that over there? I'm tempted to turn my head. It's, it's just the number six. Okay. <clears throat> so now that I got that out of the way, I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to turn over there and see who's staring. Okay. So let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much. We magnify you and we glorify you for what you're doing in this church, what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do in the near future. We thank you for it. And Lord, I pray for every single person in this room today that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we may walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you in everything that we say everything that we do, all of our activity, all of our uh, expenditure of energy, that it would be to glorify you and to please you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So how can I know God's will for my life? There's a great scripture. It's not in your notes, but I just want to read it to you. And, And it says this, and I believe it's in Ephesians 2, and it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Did you know you were God's masterpiece? I mean, you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, he, he took special care and he took, I mean, he took just as much effort to design you as he did anyone else. I mean, he put a lot of attention into the details of your life. And he says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You and I are God's masterpiece. We have been, he, we have been planned. We have been determined by God. We, he's given us good things to do. And uh, I mean, and to cause us to live this abundant life that Jesus came to give. And so you and I are God's masterpiece. And we should never allow anybody to tell us anything different. That we are God's masterpiece, even with all the mistakes we've made, even with all the failures, even with all the shortcomings, even if we've done nothing up to this point with our life, you are still God's masterpiece, and he has a plan for you. So I want you to open your Bibles, if you have a Bible, or turn on your phone or your iPad or something, or just look up on the screen. But... but two verses of scripture that I believe that just kind of go hand in hand about this. In Psalm 37, verse 4, and then in Philippians chapter 2, Psalm 37, verse 4, you, you know this verse. You're very familiar with it. He says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Let me, let me read it one more time. Take delight in the Lord, 
And he will give you your heart's desires. You know, we hear a lot about, you know, people, you know, and, and we've said it. I've said it. I've said it a thousand times. You know, just follow your passions. You know, what, what are you passionate about? Just go after your passions. But, but you realize this, that your passions, your passions can be very misleading. <laughs> did you, did, right? I, I mean, people say, well, just follow your passions. Follow your passions. Well, Hitler had a passion. Right. And so and he followed those passions. Right. And, and he's not someone that we would really look up to as a model and say, yeah, just like Hitler, follow your passions. No, your, your, our passions can be misleading. Our passions can be misleading. How many of you know that your flesh has passions? Your soul has passions. I've got passions. I'm, you know, there's times I'm passionate about chocolate. Right? And if you just give in to those passions all the time, well, you're going to look a little something like this. And so, you, you, you know, you, you, passions can be misleading. They can, they can lead us astray. But notice, notice this verse, trust or take delight in the Lord. And he will give you your heart's desires. Now, look, look at this verse, kind of a companion, because I've always, I've always thought of this verse in Psalm 30, 37, and I've heard people preach on it like this, and I've preached on it like this. If you just delight in the Lord, he's going to give you whatever you want. Whatever you desire, whatever you're passionate about, he's just good. If you'll just, if you'll just, if you'll just delight yourself in him, he's going to give you whatever you want. I don't think that's really what that scripture's saying. I don't think he's saying, hey, if you just, if you just serve God real good, he's going to give you anything and everything you want. I believe he's saying something a little bit better than that, a little bit uh, profound than that. And in Philippians chapter 2, here's kind of the companion verse in verse 13. He says, for God is working in you. God is working in you, giving you the desire. Giving you the desire. Giving you the passion. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Everybody say, God is working in me. You know, whether you realize it or not, God is working in you. If, if, if you belong to him, he's working in you. You say, well, how will I know? Because, I mean, and you, you'll just become more aware of it because he, he kind of nudges you to do certain things. He, he kind of deals with you to do certain things, to stop some stuff or start some stuff. And he, he can't make you do anything, but he will work in you, putting his desires in you. And those things, those desires, and those passions will create some action in your life. And those actions will end up and wind up 
pleasing him because it's not just your desires. It's not just the desires of your heart. It's just not desires that originated in your heart, but it's the desires that God has birthed in your heart. Amen. Desires that he's burst, uh, burst in your heart, burst in your heart, burst in your heart. And so, you know, we, we, we all have passions. We all have desires. So is it me or is it the Lord? Are the desires that I have, are they, are they my desires or are they the Lord's desires? And here's, here's, here's kind of one way that we can kind of decipher those things. Number one is this. Does that desire, does it, just, does it only serve your interest or does it serve the interest of others? In other words, does that desire that you have in your heart, is it just something that's just going to benefit you only, or is it something that's going to benefit someone else too? Is this desire, is this passion in your heart, is it Christ glorifying, or is it just you glorifying? You know, I've often had a concern about, and, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the, the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, but I've often been concerned about the reason why people are so um, passionate about the gifts of the Spirit. Much of the time is it so that they can be seen, so that they could be glorified, so that they can be noticed. And don't get misunderstand me, we ought to have them. But we ought to be sanctified, too. That's why Paul, you know, really, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 really wasn't a teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. He really didn't teach a lot. on. He taught about the abuse of those gifts in the church. And, people, and, he, and he, he told them, he said, you're carnal. He, he told those whole, that whole bunch of Corinthians, he said, you're carnal. You got all this stuff going on, but you're so carnal, you need to grow up. And so, is, is this desire, is this passion in you, whatever you're passionate about, is it, does it only benefit you or does it benefit someone else? Does it glorify Christ or does it just glorify you? Here, and here's another one. Is it, is it something that would benefit the kingdom of God or is it just something that's just going to benefit just this temporal existence that you have? You know, there's people passionate about cars passionate about different kind of toys. I mean, you've seen kids that are passionate about toys, right? And uh, so we need to ask ourselves: does, does this desire, does this passion, does it promote the kingdom of God? Or does it just promote just these things down here who are earth, that are earthly? Amen. Amen. Um, so is it bigger than you? Is, is this desire bigger than you? Is it helpful to others? Is it helpful to others? Is it Christ honoring? So here's, and this is kind of the thought that I was having when I was studying this. What comes first? Because we're talking about actions. We're talking about things that please the Lord, right? That please the Lord. What comes first? Does the passion come first? Or does the action come first? It's kind of like what came first, the, the chicken or the egg? What comes first? So is, is, it, 
does the passion come first and then the passion give birth to the action or do the actions come first and then the actions give birth to the passion? So I want you, there's, there's a scripture and I didn't put this in your note, but in Revelation, uh, in uh, Revelation chapter two, Paul, I mean, John, he's, he's receiving this revelation from the Lord about these seven churches in Asia Minor, seven real churches during that time in Asia Minor, and he is addressing each of those churches, and he's commending them for some things, and then he's correcting them about some things. And I believe that these letters to these churches are very prophetic for the day that we live in. And so for one of these churches, he said this to him. He said, I've got this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other like you used to. You don't love me. You're not passionate about me. You don't desire me like you used to. Like you used to. As you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just taken a step back and just said, where am I in my relationship with God? Am I further along than I've ever been? Or... Can I say, man, you know what? I've kind of cooled a little bit. I've kind of cooled a little bit in my relationship with God. I've kind of fallen back a little bit. And so that's what he's telling them to do. He said, look, you're thinking, man, everything's good with us. He said, but I've got to complain against you. You don't love me like you used to. He said, look how far you've fallen. But he didn't just leave them there with it. He said, look how far you've fallen. And then he said this, turn back to me. And love me with all of your heart and be passionate about me. Is that what he said? No, he didn't say that. He, didn't say, he said, turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. So I believe this. I believe that, you, I believe that passion for God can produce the right actions. But I also believe that the right actions can produce the right passions. So even if you're in here and you say, man, I just don't feel that passionate about God. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't really desire God that much. I know this, that if you can do the right actions, if you can put the right actions into place, put the right habits into place, well, then those right actions are going to produce the right passions. Now, let's go back to, to that verse in Psalm 37. Trust, take, take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight. So before, before you get, before he can impart his desire, what do we have to do? We have to take delight. And that word, that phrase, take delight, it just means, it means to be joyful. It means to almost be giddy about you know about these things it means to be joyful it means to be expressive about it it means i mean you're just really a tie, you're tied to it emotionally so he says take delight now you know what it means to take delight i mean you, you know you uh your your, your team wins and, and man you're, you're joyful about it your team loses and you're not too joyful about it and so he says take delight in the lord and he will give you your heart's desires so I have three actions here, three right actions that we can take. And I only want to talk about one this morning. 
And I've got three blanks there, and I'm not going to give you all three. I'm going to give you one because it'll just tie in better with this message. You know, people have often asked me, and, and, and really the question that we're answering today, you know, how can I know God's will for my life? How, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? How, I mean, how do I know God's plan for my life? And now I'm just so thankful for my heritage and what I've been taught because, you know, we don't have to go through life just throwing darts in the dark and blindfolded and dizzy and disoriented. We've got a better way than that. In Romans 8, he says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. You and I can be, should be, led by the Spirit of God. We should be led. We don't have to guess. We don't have to, we don't have to miss it 14 times before we get it right. We can be led by the Spirit of God. But here's one thing that I've noticed. It's easier to steer a car that's moving than it is a car that's stationary. <laughs> are, you, are you listening to me? It, it's easier to steer a car that is moving than it is to steer a car that's in park. And for a lot of times, people's lives are in park. They're not moving. And so God has a hard time really leading and guiding if you're not moving. Are you listening? And so I'm going to show you one way to take delight in the Lord because if we take delight in the Lord, what's he going to do? He's going to give you your heart's desires. In other words, he's going to begin to work in you. His will, his plan. He's going to begin to form something on the inside of you, shape something on the inside of you, cause something to to birth on the inside of you to take on form, to take on shape as you're delighting yourself in him. So we could talk about a number of things, the most obvious things, and, and I told you I wasn't going to give them to you, but, but I, I'll give it to you. <laughs> and, and these aren't in order, so this is probably, this is number two and number three. I'll give you number two and number three first. Number two, take delight in God's word. And I'm going to let you read these scriptures by yourself, but take delight in God's word. Let me read one of these scriptures to you. <laughs> it's good. I mean, the whole message is really good. I like it. So. In Psalm 119, 16, he says, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. I will delight in your decrees. What does that mean? Man. I got to go read my Bible this morning. <laughs> got to read my chapter. You know, Pastor Chuck says every serious Christian reads their chapter every day. So I guess I got to go read my chapter. That's not delighting. <laughs> God doesn't just want you to read your chapter. He wants you to want to read your chapter. Psalm 119, 47 says, how I delight in your commands. How I delight in your commands. How I love them. David goes on other places. He said, your word is, is more valuable to me than rubies or gold. 
So when we take delight in the Word, when we take the delight in the Word, I mean, that's, that's when God be- can begin to put something on the inside of us. His Word paints a picture. You see, God has a general will for us. Did you know that? He's got a general will, but he's also got a very specific will. But why? If people are so concerned about the specific will, they won't even do the general will. <clears throat> the, the, here, here's number three. Take delight in God's presence. You know, pray with purpose. When you, when you pray in the morning, pray with purpose. The, the old timers used to call it the, the morning hour, the morning watch. And whether it was the, the first hour of the day or the first half hour of the day or the first quarter hour of the day, they, they had one agenda. It wasn't just to pray through their list. They called it this, and, and, I, don't, and I don't know what you, how you think about this terminology. It doesn't really matter, but you get the gist. They used that time to secure, they call it securing the presence of God for the day. In other words, they're just saying, we want to come in, we want to get in touch with God. We want to get in touch with God. We want to experience God's presence in our life and on our life. You see, so take delight in that. Take delight delight in God's presence. Smith Wigglesworth, you know, he, he was a great evangelist, and he said this, I would rather be in the presence of God for 10 minutes than to own the whole world with a fence around it. And if you've ever experienced being in the presence of God, having the anointing of God on you, you understand what he's talking about because there's nothing like it. You get to a place that I just want to be here forever. And I think that's what David was talking about. He says, one thing I've asked the Lord, and I'm going to seek after that one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness, and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. So take delight in his presence. It doesn't take long. It just takes some time. It just takes some time. So that's, that's how you take delight. Take delight in his word. Take delight in his presence. But when it comes to the will of God, the specific will of God for your life, and if you want to know what the specific will of God for your life is, there's, some, there's another way that you can delight yourself in the Lord that gets your life moving so he can direct you. And here it is. We need to take delight in the service of the Lord. Now, this one's going to seem more natural than any of them. But I know this, that God can't, unless God tells you to sit down and don't move and don't leave this place, unless you have that specific direction from the Lord, you ought to be doing something for God and his kingdom. You need to get your life moving. So we need to take delight in the service of the Lord. And man, notice this scripture in Romans 12, verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. 
<clears throat> now, if you're serving the Lord enthusiastically, doesn't that sound like that you're taking delight? Yeah, but I don't, I don't feel too enthusiastic. I'd just be honest with you. I had about three people tell me this morning, well, you look tired. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, that's like equal to saying, hey, Pastor Chuck, you're looking old. <laughs> I had like three people say, oh, wow, you look tired. And so I came in this morning, I'm, I'm thinking, man, a couple hours more sleep would have been nice. And, and then you get, you know, that your flesh, and boy, I really don't want to be here. Some celebration this is going to be, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and uh, but you know what you do? You begin to implement the right action. And what's it going to do? It will, it will give birth to the right passion, the right desires. Serve the Lord half-heartedly no <laughs> be lazy just sit there and go okay and we'll sing this song and i'll clap my hands <laughs> you know we come together it's not just us the lord's here and no matter the, the week we've had, he is worthy of our absolute best. Even when we don't feel our best, we reach down on the inside, right? We're people of faith. We turn that switch of faith on. We fake it till we make it. No, that, you, you, no we... Sometimes you got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes you got to put on the new man. Sometimes you got to you got to put on the joy. You got to put on the strength. You got to you got to put on the enthusiasm. And if you'll put it on and you wear it long enough, guess what? It'll start to fit you really good. So he says, "Don't be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically." And so you say, well, I, I don't know how to do that. You can do anything. I mean, just, but, but do something. You say, well, if, all right, get on, the, get on the parking team. Get on the greeter team. Well, I don't know. That's where my passions are. Well, then where are they? Well, I don't know. Well, then you need to get on the usher team or the greeter team. Why? Because God can't steer you if you're in park. Well, I'm just waiting around for, you know, just to, for the lightning to strike and, and God shows me what I'm supposed to do. He probably not because he who is faithful in another man's will be given his own. And if you'll be faithful in the thing that you think is kind of insignificant, which I just got to tell you, our parking team is not insignificant at all. Matter of fact, I was with a group of ministers this past uh, was this this past week? Yeah. <clears throat> it was, well, it was last Monday. Yeah, so it was last week. Monday and Tuesday, and we were, we were kind of going around talking about, you know, we do, we do the highlight reels. You know, that's what preachers do when they get together. They, they, they give the highlight reels. They don't talk about anything that's bad that's going on. They just talk about all the good stuff that's going on. And so I was just talking about, you know, what works. I said, man, our... Our parking lot team, 
we have just as many people come to the church because of them than we do anybody. They're, they're, I'm not going to exaggerate here. I'm so at least once a month, probably more than once a month, but at least once a month somebody says, they, they tell me personally, I was going somewhere else and I saw those guys out there waving at me and I came to church because I saw those guys waving. So that's not very insignificant, is it? And really, nothing that we do for the kingdom of God is insignificant. Whether it's cleaning, it's not insignificant. How many of you are thankful you got nice, clean facilities and, and uh, got somebody to decorate the stage? How do y'all think? That man, doesn't that look awesome? And uh, Jennifer and Tammy and Paul and Kenny and others, man, they, they worked hard for a few days to do this. We didn't have little elves came down out of the ceiling to do that. I mean, they, they worked hard. So you say, well, how, 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 how can I know the will of God for my life? Have a, get a life that's in motion. I mean, begin to serve the Lord. And so somebody said, hey, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. I can do it. And then begin to serve him enthusiastically, do it enthusiastically, and guess what? He can begin to, you say, well, that, I don't know if that fits me real well. And then we'll probably say, yeah, I don't know if that fits you real well either. But then it, it allows us to begin to just move, move you and allows God to begin to mold you and shape you and put his desires and his passions in you. And then pretty soon you'll wind up and say, you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Everybody say, say, I won't be lazy, lazy. but I'm going to serve the Lord enthusiastically Enthusiastically. with all of my heart. heart. And if we, if when you and I take on, we talked about this last week, that, that the attitude of a servant, there's nothing that's beneath us to do, right? There's no task. There's no job that's too low for us. Why? Because we're servants. We're servants. We're servants. And so serve him enthusiastically. And so what, what's, your, what's your next step this morning? What, what, is it, what is God saying to you in this message? Maybe he said something to you about one of those other two points. Maybe he's saying something to you about this point that we just, we just made. But what's your next step? Is it spend more time in God's word? Is it to pray more and really to secure God's presence for the day? Is it to really just get your life in motion and just begin to serve God and his kingdom through his local church and, and begin to let him guide you and lead you? What's your next step? For some of you in here this morning, your, step, your next step may just, it, it may mean to just give your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus. Because really, that's where the, your ultimate purpose and vision comes from. It comes out of a relationship with him. The Word of God tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. He says, we look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at his son and see God's original purpose in everything he, he created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. 
So if, if, if you've never given Jesus your whole heart and your whole life, if you've never just really surrendered to his lordship, say, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I want to give my whole heart and my whole life to Jesus. That's where, you're, that's where knowing God's will begins. It's in a relationship with Christ. So if you're in here today and you've never given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity before you leave to do that. And I don't want to assume that you have because you came to church today or you've come to church for the last few Sundays or you've come to church your whole life. Because just coming to church doesn't mean that you're a follower of Jesus. It just means you came to church. And then people have other ideas. Well, Pastor Chuck, I, you know, I, I think I'm right with God and I'm good with God because, you know, I've, I've, I've tried my hardest to be a good person. I've, I've tried my hardest to do good to other people. And, and so I believe that I'm all right with God because I've tried my hardest. Well, that's great. And I'm all for good works and us trying our hardest and doing our best. But that's not going to get you right with God. You know, Pastor Chuck, I believe in God. Well, let me just say this. The demons believe in God too, but they're not right with God. If you're going to get right with God, you've got to do it his way, not your way. It's not by your good works. It's not by you just believing in God. It's not just because you've been coming to church for a while. It's because you've put your faith in Jesus to save you. You put your faith before you're saved by grace through faith. So I want to pray for you in here. If you've never given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus, so I'm going to just ask everyone just to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm not going to ask you to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just right there in your seat. If you've never given your whole heart, heart and life to him, and you don't know for sure if you were to die today, you would, you would go to heaven. Just lift your hand right where you are. We're going to pray for you. Anyone in here? All right. So everybody's saved. Let me pray for you anyway. And uh, let, me, let me just do this. Those of you who, you say, you know what? God's spoken to me through this message. And he's given me a next step. And I'm going to take this next step. Let me just see your hand so I can pray for you. Whether it, be, uh, whether it be to spend more time in the Word, spend time in prayer, or just really just begin to step out and let God begin to, to, to move you and mold you because you're enthusiastic about serving him. All right, awesome. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for these. And and Lord, I thank you that you're, you're working in all of us. You're working in us, both to do will and to do that which pleases you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. Everybody said amen. amen. Well, let me uh, just, just for a minute, just let me just tell you what, what's happened over the, the last year and uh, a little bit about where we're going. You know, we, we really focus on doing four things here we're like somebody said one time we're not we're not a ryan's um what do they call it buffet place we'd rather be like a ruth's chris i mean we're going to do a few things but we want to do those few things well right and so you know our our vision here is we want people to know god we want people to to find their freedom in christ we want people to 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 discover their purpose and then we want people to really begin to make a difference in their life by pursuing what God has called them to do, pursuing the will of God for their life. So uh, this past year, just from October of last year, the second Sunday in October of last year until last Sunday, 
we've seen 281 people come to Christ. 281 people come to Christ. Now, you know, I remember just seven years ago, we'd, we would, man, we'd see one or two people every three or four months give their heart to Jesus. I mean, it was just 281 people. Yeah. <laughs> 281. People said, make it, you know, relationship with Christ. Begin a relationship with Jesus. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. We've, um, we've got, we've had 39 people go all the way through starting point. That's, you know, we had a lot more people start it, but we had 39 people go all the way through starting point. And we, we got to work on that because, I mean, that's, that's where people really get plugged in. But 39 people go all the way through starting point. All the way. And they're the people, they, 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 they went through their gifts assessment and they kind of just pinpointed where their gift, giftings lie and then they're involved in doing something. All right. We had... We've got, right now, we've got an average of 154 people serving on the dream team. Everybody, let's give it up for our dream team. That's the, that's the parking lot workers, that's the greeters, that's the ushers, that's the musicians, the singers, the Relate Central, children's areas, the landscaping areas. Man, we, I mean... Teamwork makes the dream work, right? So thank God for the dream team. Man, we could not do it without the dream team. And we've had 36 people, and this might be some of your very next step. Right here, we've got 36 people who've been water baptized since, uh, since October of last year. 36 people who've made a public, I mean, they didn't just, they didn't just sign the card. They, they, they went to the river, right? <laughs> They went to the river and they identified and they told everybody the, the hell, the devil, their family that I'm a follower of Christ. 36 people. So let's give these a big hand. All right. So God has been good to us. And I know this. I know that the very best is yet to come. The very best is yet to come. We're, we're you know, we're still pursuing. I told you we back to the drawing board with our building and getting some things fixed and Still working on that, getting some things fixed. Kind of had a, a different little opportunity come up to us where we can use this traffic light up here for a driveway. We're just trying to work out the details on that. And, and uh, man, that would be, uh, that's one of the things we were fighting for for a long time. We, we thought it was just off the table. It's kind of back on the table now. And, man, that would be so awesome if we, if we had that, that access there. So y'all trust the Lord with us. That would be that would, that would be so awesome if we have that. And so y'all, y'all believe, be, uh, believe in God with us and hopefully we can get something resolved on that this week or the next couple of weeks. And so that call that would require a little bit more drawing and from the engineers to, to, to work that into our, our overall site plan. But it would be, it would be huge for the future to have that, that right there. And so uh, eventually there's going to be a road. We don't know when it goes all the way from Sidewell, all the way back to, to is that Gary or Davis Road back there, but all the way back through our property. And so it'd be great if we had access to that traffic light. And so 
we're just believing God, trusting God for that. And so the best is yet to come. And then we're going, we're going to build. And uh, man, we're just, we're just waiting on the drawings to get finished now. We, we've, we're almost there, almost there. And as soon as we, this, I'm going to just say, as soon as we start, we gone, we, we, we going for it. All right. And so, uh, Hey, I, I'm excited. I got chill bumps all over me right now. I'm excited about it. The very best that God has for us is yet to come. Amen. Amen.